Well, hello everyone. Welcome to First City Church Online Service and happy Mother's Day. Man, it's so good that we can celebrate mothers. I wish we could all be here doing it together. Hopefully all you men and guys and, and sons and daughters, you remembered your mother on this day. If not, you get up and give her a big old hug now and you tell her how much you love her. Clean the house, do something for her. But moms, you are fantastic. Thank you for your love, for your support. I pray that you are blessed on this day. Hey, it's always better when we're together. I know this is an old Jack Johnson song, which I really love, by the way. But we're so close now to starting to come back together. And so we just want to talk about what does that mean and why is it that inside our soul there's something that's bubbling up, ready to get back together. Before we talk about all of that, I want to remind you of the things that we've been talking about while we're in the waiting. First of all, the streets of prayer and downloading this app. Go on your app store and on your cell phone, download Streets of Prayer. And let's cover our counties in prayer. And right now you can go, in fact, I go and I look and see how many people are praying all over our county. And we have people all over who are just covering our streets in prayer. We're marking out where we're walking and who we're praying for. Man, that is so good. So if you've not done it yet, then make sure that you download the Streets of Prayer and get on that app and invite five, ten other people to come along with you. I was at WHBR, the, tele the Christian television station this week. I shared it with them. I hope they're going to talk about it and invite other churches. There's no more power that we can access in our county or our, you know, Escambia and Santa Rosa than if we were to start praying over all of the people in our county. Then we have our Feed Fosters program. We are going to be feeding again this week, the 11th and 12th. The 11th over in Niceville and on the 12th here, the, the, the restaurant up in Milton. If you would like to help, we have a donate button on our firstcitychurch.org. Go to our website, go to donate, and there'll be a drop-down menu and just click on Feed Fosters, and you can donate to that. If you want to help and deliver meals, then contact Savannah. Uh, either with her cell phone or at, at info at firstcitychurch.org and we can get you in contact with how you can help us deliver some meals. We're doing most of that through the restaurants because we're partnering with them to give them business and it's been such a big blessing for them and the foster care community. And so I just want to tell you thank you. And by the way, thank you for your generosity into our general account at First City. You have been so generous and we could not be here if it were not for you and if it were not for your generosity. And I, I, I just need to pause for a minute and tell you thank you for the way that you have really supported us and this church and our ministries. God bless you and thank you. I'm so happy to be a part of that. If, you, uh, if we can serve you in any way, info at firstcitychurch.org. If your family has been impacted by this pandemic and this coronavirus, or you've lost your job, we want the opportunity to help you. So please, if you would contact us right here and let us know what you're going on, we want to share in your burden. We want to hear your story and find out how we can partner with you to make sure that your needs are being met. And, uh, and, and our whole church wants to support you in that. So it's always better when we're together. I got to tell you, our, our band came together. They were so excited to get back on stage together and play. And uh, they had such a great time. And I pray that you were blessed by their worship today. 
And our staff got back together for the very first time. And when we all got together, we didn't know, uh, should we hug? Should we not hug? And, and, and actually, we actually uh, have a video of when, when our staff all got together. Here it is right here. Oh my goodness, that's how we felt. You know, we were we were standing there, and we were like, "Hey, it's so good to see each other." And we all kept our distance and sat around the table, and uh, and, and but we're so glad to get back together, and I can't wait to to get back with all you know, all of you, and and it's the heart of God that brings us all together. Paul talked about it in Philippians. He said, "It's right that I should feel as I do for all of you, for you have a special place." in my heart. God knows how much I love you and long for you with the tender compassion of Christ Jesus. And that's me. I, I just long to be with everyone. And I, I long to be with my hairstylist. Look at how long my hair is getting. And I'm telling you, I cannot wait to get a haircut. And, and if I really pulled it out, I've got it packed in so you could see how big it was. It, it, it would scare you. But I can't wait to see my hairstylist. I can't wait to see all of you. I can't wait to wave. Now, we're going to practice, you know, good social distancing. We're going to make sure that everybody stays safe. We're going to continue aiming all of our products online. So if you are in the most vulnerable position, you're not going to miss a thing. We're aiming everything at the most vulnerable person. And, and so you're not going to miss anything. But boy, are we long, looking uh, and, and ready to get back together. Here's another one, 2 Timothy. I long to see you again, for I remember your tears as we parted, and I will be filled with joy when we are together again. That's exactly how I feel. Now listen, the message today is that's how God hardwired us. God designed us in His image to, to long for community. In Genesis chapter 1, when God said, let us make man in our image and in our likeness. So he had already created all of the animals. He created the whole earth. But he said, we need to create something that reflects us, that is close to our image. And in our likeness is more than just that, that we look in a mirror and we look like God because, you know, God's a spirit. But this word us He's referring to God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit, the Trinity, the three persons of the oneness of God. And so I love this translation. Then God said, let us make human beings in our image. Look at this line, to be like us. That really is more of the reflection of what the Hebrew writing is talking, uh, writer is talking about. To be like us. In other words, God is like, we are designed to be in community. The Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Three as one. And we're going to design human beings to long for each other. This, this hard wire to desire community because we're better when we're together. So he created this longing in us. I want to show you a chapter uh, in the Gospels, in, in the book of uh, Luke. And these three stories, you'll remember these three stories because they describe the heart of God. And it's the story of the lost sheep, the lost coin, and the prodigal son. And so all three of these reflect a different member of the Godhead. This first one, Jesus. Suppose one of you has a hundred sheep 
and loses one of them. Doesn't he leave the 99 in the open country and go after the lost sheep until he finds it? And when he finds it, he joyfully puts it on his shoulders, goes home. He calls his friends and his neighbors together and says, rejoice with me. And so Jesus is referred, as you know in the scriptures, as the good shepherd. And so this is like the heart of Jesus is to run after those who get lost and to save them, to bring them in and to, and to find community so that we're all together. And when we get together, we're going to rejoice. So it's the heart of Jesus. Look at this one. You know how the Bible describes the Holy Spirit as the spirit of light. Look at this. Or suppose a woman has 10 silver coins and loses one. Doesn't she light a lamp? Sweep the house and search carefully until she finds it. And when she finds it, she calls her friends and neighbors together and says, rejoice with me. And so it's, it's the same kind of story. It has to do with a coin, but this is a reflection really of the, of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit wants to shine his light on people that are lost and bring them in into unity and oneness to bring together a whole body, as Paul talked about it in Romans and Corinthians, so that we're one with each other. And then, of course, the heart of God. Jesus told them this story, verse 11. A man had two sons. The younger son told his father, I want my share of your estate now before you die. So his father agreed. And I really want to focus a little bit on this because you know in the story of the lost sheep, uh, a sheep, not very smart when it's eating and in pasture, he sees a plot of grass that looks good and it runs over, eats there. Then he sees another and another and another until he finally looks up and he's nowhere around the herd. And so it's like that's just the nature of sheep. They just get busy and they don't intend to get lost. They just do. And then with the, the, the silver coin, a coin doesn't think, hey, I want to get lost. It just somehow falls out of a pocket and in between a couple of cushions on a couch and just gets lost, no fault of its own. On the other hand, what happens when one of us chooses, because of a bad heart, for whatever reason, to just run away from God? How is God going to react then? What if we just willingly choose to run away, live our own life, do our own thing? This, if you were to just research the history of this, is such a rude thing for the son to ask his father. But his father agreed and gave it to him. And so the son, the Bible says, goes away, goes a long distance and wastes his money, makes a lot of horrible decisions, finds himself in need, finds himself reflecting back on the goodness of his father and his home. And he says, I don't deserve to go home, but I've got no, nowhere else to go. So I'm just going to go home and beg my father to let me be a slave. And so he does, and he works up a speech, and he comes home, and he shares with his father, I, I'm not worthy to be your son. His father has nothing to do with it. Look at this. So he returned home to his father, and while he was still a long way off, his father saw him coming. He's waiting on him. He's longing for him. And filled with love and compassion, he ran to his son and embraced him and kissed him. That's what it's going to be like. It's like when you all get back together, we're going to want to embrace each other. And can you imagine telling, you know, telling that father, hey, you don't know what kind of virus he may have. You have to keep six feet distance and you can't hug. You can't show a demonstration of love. The father would have had nothing 
to do with that. And I'm not saying that we should go and hug each other and violate. I'm not saying that at all. But the heart of the Father says, that's who I am. I want to show and be filled with love and compassion. And then he said to his servants, quick, bring the finest robe in the house and put it on him. Get a ring for his finger and sandals for his feet and kill the calf that we have fattened. We must celebrate with a feast. For this my son was dead and is now returned to life. He was lost and is now found. And so the party began. Man, that's what it's going to be like when we all get back together. We are one. We are family and family sticks together. And in our heart, we long for each other. God hardwired us to desire, you know, intimacy and communion and partnership. Even if we mess up even if we've made poor decisions, even if we intentionally ran away. The heart of God says, I want you back. And I don't want you back under conditions. Well, if you do this right, or if you do this, then I'll embrace you. It's full embrace of the heart of the Father, the Son, the Good Shepherd, the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of Light, and the heart of the Father. All are running after us, and they want us to be in communion and community. And Jesus even goes further than that in the book of John. He said this, I pray that they will all be one. And this is right before he went to the cross. Just as you and I, Father, are one. As you and I, as I'm in you and you are in me. And then he said this, and may they be in us so that the world will believe that you sent me. He's like, there's something when we come together that happens that the world sees and begins to long for. Now, we can stay in isolation. We can praise God in our homes. We can pray in our homes. We can find intimacy with God. But the world will not see anything different. But when we come together, when they see how we treat each other, how we love each other, how we long to be with each other, how we cover each other's weaknesses, how we look past the things that Satan wants to divide us, and we submit before each other, and long to be with each other in full embrace and love and compassion, the world begins to see that's different than what they experience on a normal basis. And Jesus said, then they will know that God sent me, that I'm the Messiah, and there's a better way to live. Man, I love everything about that. I also love this verse in 1 Thessalonians because it's about the heart of the Father. As you know, we treated each of you as a father treats his own children. This is Paul talking to the church in Thessalonica. And then he describes what he meant. We exhorted you, comforted you, and charged you to live your lives in a way that God would consider worthy. For he called you to share in his kingdom and glory. Now that's, he's calling all of us to share in his kingdom. So we're all one, we're all a body, we're all a family. But I love this because this is a progression. And so when you really dig down into it in the Greek, this word exhort is more than just, hey, I'm cheering you on. It, it's a position. It's, when you look it up, this word exhorted is a big word that talks about how that a father kneels down next to his child and embraces him and says, I am with you and we're going to do this together. You're not alone. There's a safety net under you. So this is more of a position than it is words coming out of a father's mouth. And I exhort you, I'm with you, I'm partnering up next to you, I'm leaning into you, 
son, daughter, I am with you. And together, we're going to make this happen. We're going to do this, and it's going to be okay. And I'm not going to let you fail. And then comforting you. That's the encouraging. That's the, I'm going to shout it, get the bullhorn and say, you can do it. You can do it. You can do it. Right. I'm with you. And that's the verbal expression. And then this and charge you to live your life. This is a great word. It's a big word. It means then I'm going to call you to take a stand as a witness before God that you believe that Jesus Christ is real and that God is real, and you will become a witness to the kingdom of God in your life. And so it looks like this. It's always better when we're together means this. First of all, we partner in. We lean into each other. We, we, we share life with each other. It's not one over one. It's not one looking down on one. It's not one preaching at. It's we're in this together. And we're going to partner together. Come here. Let's, let's huddle up. And, and we're leaning into each other. We're going to do this together. We are partners. And nothing is going to separate us. And then we're going to encourage each other. We're going to shout each other. We're going to cheer each other on. As I just share this, it reminds me of when I was in the 10th grade, I was running track. And, and uh, the coach made me run the two-mile because I was short and little old legs and I couldn't do the sprints. I wasn't as fast like that, but I had long endurance. And so I had to run the two-mile race. Well, uh, I'm 16 years old and getting near the end of the season, I told my dad, I want to be able to run uh, the two miles in 10 minutes. And so five minutes a mile, and that was my goal. And I was creeping down to it and getting close. And so my father said, okay, let's sit down and work this out. And so we sat down at a table and we wrote out, you need to run your first lap in 68 seconds and your second lap and your third lap. And we mapped out an eight lap strategy. And he's like, in laps five, six, and seven, your legs are going to be tired. Your lungs are going to be tired. And I'm going to be on that track and I'm going to be cheering you on. You listen for my voice and I'm going to call out your times and let you know where you are. And so that's what he did. And so he told the people, I'm getting down on the track. And so he went down on the track meet and, and, uh, and, and he started calling out my splits and calling out my times. And he was cheering me on, you can do it, you can do it, run, Rick, run. He would tell me if there was a person behind me or in front of me, catch that guy. And I'm, what I love, now that my father is in heaven with God, I remember those moments when he partnered with me for success and when he cheered me on. Now, I never broke 10 minutes in the two mile. I ran a 10-12. That's the closest that I ever got. But it was the partnership that was important to me. That's what, I, that's what really matters to me now. And then this final one, stand as a witness for God. That's, that's what I want to do. That's what's going to make sure that I have a home in heaven with God. And so that's what we're doing. It's better when we're together. Why? Because we can lean into each other bear each other's burdens, care for each other in the way God designed it to be. We can encourage each other, cheer each other on, help each other when we're down, build each other up when we succeed, and then challenge each other to stand as a witness for God. And that's why we need to be together. That's why we long to come back. 
And that's what God is calling us to. Man, I pray that God is blessing you. If you are not a Christian, I want you to know Jesus Christ died so that you could live. And he went to a cross to carry your sin and set you free. And he wants, he, he wants to be with you in heaven. I love the way that the movie and the book, The Shack, wrote about it. When it was the heart of the Father that said to us, I am particularly fond of you. God is fond of you. And he has made a way for you to be saved. And Jesus died on the cross. And all you have to do is say yes to it. Just become a believer. And then be obedient to that truth. And God will save your soul. And so if, if you've never done that, man, please get in contact with us. Please let us know so that we can help you take that step. And then let's lean into each other, encourage each other, and boldly stand as witnesses before God the Father that there is a God, there is a heaven, there is a Savior, and He loves us and is going to bring us home. Until then, we're going to lead as many people to heaven as we can. It's always better when we're together. Let's pray. Lord God, we long to be together you created us that way, and we're so grateful. Help us to lean into each other, to be a witness to this world. You said you want us to be a light in a dark world, a city on a hill. You want us to be the salt of the earth. All these expressions, that means we, we come together so that the flavor of our world is better. And it happens when we get together and when we get with you. And so, Lord God, thank you for what you've done in our lives. Thank you for leading us close to you. We long to be your children. Continue to bless us as we move through this pandemic and as we get back in contact with each other. Thank you, Jesus. In your name we pray. Amen. God bless you.